Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Called Unto His Kingdom and Glory. It shall be focused on 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word. We know that heavens and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. We pray, Father, may we be found to be part of your heavenly kingdom, for you taught us that by one spirit we are born into that kingdom. So we pray if there be any who have not known you in the power of your resurrection today, may your Holy Spirit fill their souls, that they might be found sealed until the day of your redemption. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Chapter 2 For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, to fill up their sins alway, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye 
are our glory and joy. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Israel and the Church Part 1. This was preached in 1953 on March the 25th. We'll begin at paragraph 47 up to paragraph 93. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Always through the Bible the same. Jesus said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him. Is that right? Now that's the Word. And that's the way we want it, the Word. Then you know where you're standing. How many in here has... Are Christians, and I know that you're Christians, that something in you says you are a Christian. That's it. All right? You see? Why, well, you should be the happiest people in the world. You should just believe that. My, that's easy. Take God's word for it. Now, before you can become a Christian, God called you. Not you calling God, God called you. Now, He called Abraham, and He's the father of us all. The faith. Notice. Now I said, Abraham, now it's election. I want to get on that election strong. Because it's the truth. Now you didn't, you didn't become a Christian just a coincidence. Because you become a Christian before you was in this world. Before you were born. God ordained you to be a Christian from the Garden of Eden, from before the foundation of the world. Or you say, is that right, brother? That's the truth. God, before there was ever you know anything, there was a time that you knew your, your mind is darkened to that now. There's only been one man on earth that knew that he was before, and that was Jesus. He said, glorify me, Father, with the glory that I had with you before the foundation of the world. He was the incarnate God. He could move back there and know what it was. But our minds are blackened there. But we were ordained, predestinated. You know what predestinate means? The destination of anything was pre-saw by God. Amen. That's not skim milk now. Notice, I believe that stumps you. We better go over there just a minute. Turn over with me to Ephesians, the first chapter. And let's read just a little because I'm afraid you're, you're missing that. And just thinking that, that I'm saying that I am not. Listen closely now. We'll get down to the church in a few moments or after a bit. Now, Paul is speaking, addressing Ephesians 1 directly, straight to the shoulder. To the church. That's what we're doing tonight. This is not for babies. This is for grown-ups. Hey. Not for babies. Little babies. I got a little one back there. Just learned to walk. He'd boot and fall down. Get back up. And he thought he was doing something great. I was that way one day. But now I'm a man. Hey. I put away childish things. Now we got to come to full doctrine. I like good old shouting meetings where we just clap our hands or shout and have a good time, have great, powerful services and things, dance on the bubbles, as it were. But wait! 
Then when the showdown time comes, you don't know where you're standing. Let's get back and find out. Let's find out what's making us do that. Let's get back to the foundation. See where we're at. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. I just love it. No seminary sent me out. <laughs> the will of God. To them which are at Ephesus. Now watch. He's addressing it. To the faithful in Jesus Christ. Watch. Addressing it straight to who? Not the sinner. Not the babies. But to them that's grown up. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. For the will of God. Look, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, my. See who is addressing? Not a bunch of babies. The people that sit in heavenly places and been blessed. Now I said, you know something. You've been taught. And you're saved. And I want to tell you what it's all about. Oh, I like that, don't you? I want to put your feet up in the heavens a little while instead of being so earthbound. I said, now I want to tell you why. I want to give you a little, a little, a little boost, a little revival, a little stimulation. Amen. I like the stimulations. Kind of builds you up, especially when you know where you can say, It's thus saith the law. Now I want to speak to you, he says, You that sets in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, been blessed together with all spiritual blessings, the gifts of God manifesting, divine healing, prophecies, everything going forth. Now you're grown up people who want to talk to you. I'm addressing this to you. Now watch. According. Amen. Now here it is. I hope it really I'm going to let it soak in right real good. Because it'll do good and maybe go plumb into the bones. According as He hath chosen us in Him. Who did? I heard it and I come. No, no, you never. He hath chosen, hath, past tense, hath chosen us, the church, in Him. How long ago, Paul, last week, or when you held the revival? No. Before the foundation of the world. Now you can ride on the clouds. See? He done What? He chose us in Him, Christ, before the foundation of the world. Wish we had a little time to go to Job 7:37 and see that where He said, Where was you when I laid the foundations of the world? Before I laid the foundations of the world. Declare to me where they're fastened at. Or where was you when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? Telling to Joe, buckle up yourself like a man I want to speak to you. Now, 
Paul says he chose us in him, the church, before the foundation of the world. Now watch. That we should be holy, not our own holiness. We said, you believe in holiness, Brother Brad? Sure. Not mine, in his. My holiness is nothing. His is perfect. Well, you say, then you believe that you can drink or... No, I never said that. Look, a grain of wheat can only produce wheat. It can't produce cuckleburrs. There's no desire in it. There's no life in it to produce cuckleburrs with. And if we're in Christ Jesus, don't be deceived. You better search this close now. See? If you keep on saying, well, I, I don't condemn me to do this and you're going to condemn me to do that, things of the world, now I'm going to hurt you just a little bit, pull the feathers back the other way. But it's this one sure evidence you have never been to Christ. You have never been born again. He that loves the world are the things of the world. The love of God's not even in him. Now, if you just quit doing it because you know you ought to do it and uh, quit doing this, that's the sign that you haven't got nowhere yet. When that thing becomes dead in you and the nature of it's gone away, there's another person in there and it can only produce the Holy Spirit that was in Christ in you produces the Christ-like life. Nothing you do, what he did. He chose that before the foundation of the world. Someone said, well, I know I got saved because I quit smoking. That wasn't why I got saved. That wasn't why you got saved. You got saved because God chose you before the foundation of the world to be saved. That's the scripture teaching. Amen. Now you see, we begin to find out it's not us. It's him. See? He chose us. Abraham couldn't say, well, bless God, I come down from the Tower of Babylon. Hallelujah. That's why I got saved. He saved the whole bunch then, if that's the reason he done it. See, he didn't do that. He elected Abraham. And that was the very beginning of our salvation that was given to man when he called him and elected him and predestinated him and give him a promise and made a covenant with Abraham and his seed forever. Now, we could go ahead here and read a full chapter in that, but we haven't the time. Now, God called, watch, when he called Abraham here, he called him by election, not because he was, because God was. And he called him out of his people and blessed him and told him, that I'm going to save you. And on down here he says, and you shall come to me in a ripe old age. Before he'd done anything to deserve it, God chose him, told him, and not only you, but your seed after you. Oh my. Notice. And he returned the eighth verse. Now let's read on down here a little farther on this other thing. So Abraham departed 
as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance. Now watch, he did right there what God told him not to do. He took Lot, his nephew, and Abraham took his daddy. But he never told him to take his daddy, but he took him anyhow. And any Bible reader, you read this in Genesis tomorrow when you have time, notice that it was a fly in the ointment until the old man died. He was a stumbling block all the way along, and so was Lot. God called Abraham. Not Lot. He called Abraham, not his daddy. Well, you say, what about Sarah? A man and his wife are one. See? They are one flesh. The Bible said so. All right. But he called Abraham and asked him and told him to separate himself from all he had and to come over into a strange land. Look, a separation going in a strange land that you know nothing about. That's Christianity. Separating from the things of the world because God has called you going into another land to dwell among people that you know nothing about, to be a pilgrim. Amen. When I think of it, I can just hardly hold myself down. Pilgrim. Stranger. Old Jacob and dying, sitting before Pharaoh. He said, I have been so many years in my pilgrimage. Amen. What was it? He began to come to himself. The little fellow had done so bad. He knew that he was only a pilgrim here. Now, notice, we come on down to the eighth verse, and God promises Abraham here how he's going to save him and his seed after him. Now, he made the covenant unconditional. It isn't just exactly that he made it just because that he was a... And he was Abraham. He didn't say, now, Abraham, if you will do this, if you will do that. He said, Abraham, I have done it already. It ain't nothing you've got to do. I've done it myself. Amen. Oh, my. When I think of that, God did it himself unconditional. God's covenant is unconditional. You say, well, brother, I quit eating meat. I don't do this. I... Brother, that don't have one thing to do with it. It isn't whether you eat meat or don't eat meat or keep Sabbath days or new moons or whether you go to Sunday school on Sunday or what this is. You are saved unconditional. Then you say, Brother Branham, then if I'm saved, glory to God, I can do what I want to. Yes, sir. And if you're saved, brother, you have no desire of nothing of the world and your whole heart centered on that. You can't keep away from it. But as long as there's a tub there, you know there's something wrong yet. Now, election. God called Abraham. Told him he's going to save him. Unconditional. Now, let's go over here. I have to promise God a little later. I want you to go to Genesis 15, 7 with me here just a moment. Let's read here just for a few moments. All right. And the Lord said unto him, 
I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur, of Chaldea, and give unto thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, wherein shall I know that I shall inherit it? Now, Abraham, after coming out of the land, the Chaldeans, the land, city of Ur, of the Chaldeans, the land of Shinar, separated, come out, look at that just like Christians today, still wandering. Look. And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now, tomorrow, won't you go ahead and read that as you're marking it down. On down, I'll quote it because of time, space. Because I don't want to keep you too long. I want you to come back tomorrow night so we can get right into this. We're just laying a, a ground tonight. Just the foundation. See? Now, he took these heifer, sheep, goat, and a ram, and two t- a turtle dove and a pigeon. And he divided the ram and heifer and so forth and laid them out, put the turtle dove in there and without, see, without dividing it. And he kept the birds off of it till the sun went down. And God came down on Abraham to confirm that covenant. Come down tonight, Abraham. Now, I'm going to prove to you what I'm going to do. And he, uh, and you know, many of you people who were sharing in church years ago, I taught the same thing. Yes, yes, sir. Back in 1949, I was teaching. All right, see, had it marked your body. Look, then he come down and showed to Abraham what he was going to. First, he put Abraham to sleep. Now, Abraham, you don't have nothing to do with it. Now, to you that's trying to save yourself, I have understood that in the church, the tabernacle, after sitting under that teaching, that many people left the tabernacle, went out into cults and so forth to, to believe all kinds of everything there is to be believed, stopped some of them and quit eating meat, and some of them kept their Sabbath days and new moons and, I, don't, I guess, done sacrifices and everything, after really refusing to accept the Word of God. That goes to show what it was in here. Paul said they went out because it wasn't of us. See? That's right. See? That's true. The Holy Spirit will take a hold of the Word of God. Those things to a showdown will be proven they're wrong. And I said, Abraham, he put him to sleep. said, I'll show you how I'm going to do it. How I'm going to keep my covenant. And he took those animals. And now watch, when Abraham went to sleep, showing death, must come to every creature. Then before him went a burning furnace. And a burning furnace represented hell, that every sinner deserved to go to hell. And then beyond that, with a sacrifice on the hill, one a little white light that went in between each one of those pieces of sacrifice. Covenant. If you notice, there's been many ways people's made covenants. A lot of times, we today, how do we make a covenant? Say, shake, give me five. That's agreement. That's our covenant, is it? In the old days, they used to make, in China, you know how to make a covenant? They throw salt on one another. That's a covenant in China. See? And they make different covenants, different people's customs. But the oriental custom was to kill a beast and stand in between this beast and then ride out. Over here you find Leviticus. And they ride out here, their agreement. And that agreement is torn too. Over this dead beast, and to take an oath over the dead beast that if they break this covenant, 
may their body be as this dead beast. And they give each one a piece. And then they're sent away. And when they come back, those two pieces has to dovetail. Just exactly the same pieces. How beautiful. God making a covenant. Showing, pre-showing that I have sworn that I'll do it in your seed. I'll bless all the nations of the world. Read it. I'll bless the Gentiles. I'll bless the black man, the yellow man, the white man. I'll bless everyone. Do your seed, for out of you will come kings and princes. How are you going to do it, Lord? I'll show you how. And he showed him on that hillside where those pieces represented it. Any Bible scholar here knows that each one of those was a clean animal that represented the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He was a ram. He was a heifer that made the waters of separation. When they had the waters of separation through, now we have the washing by the water by the word of the separation from sin through the word, through believing. And the pigeon and the turtle dove was divine healing. And all in Christ. Amen. There, God showed Abram what he was going to do. That through the seed of Isaac, he would bring forth his only begotten son, Christ. And it was swinging in the honor between the heavens and earth. When the sun went down, the blackness over the earth. And there he tore him apart. God pulled his soul out of him. And he wrote a covenant with the families of the earth. When that precious, unadulterated blood of the Almighty God, dripping from Emmanuel's veins, he tore that soul out of him. He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His face full of mockery spit, a crown of cruel mockery pulled out over his brow. His nails drove with Roman spikes, his back ribbon until his ribs showed too, swinging on the cross, screaming, dying, sinner's death, the sin of the world upon him. And there, God ribbed his sides, tore his soul out of him, when he said, into thy hands I command my spirit. And he dropped his head in the earth, shut and belched out its rocks. There he is. There's God's covenant. There's the fulfilling of it. Mid-rendering rocks and darkening skies, my Savior bowed his head and died. The opening veil revealed the way to heaven's joys and endless day. Oh, Calvary, oh, Calvary. Jesus bled and died for me. Then he tore the soul of his own son, separated the covenant, and he threw the body into the ground. It laid there for three days and nights. It rose up. For it was not possible that my Holy One should see corruption, neither will I leave his soul in hell. And his soul was his spirit that ascended into hell. And he rose down, God did, and picked up his body and gave him life and took the body of Jesus and set it at his right hand in glory and sent back the Holy Ghost as a covenant. There you are. Don't fall short of that, brother. 
Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're lost. That's the only... You won't have to worry about getting to heaven. If there's nothing in here supernatural, the doors can't unlock. You go walk there and bump your head against it. But if the Spirit of God is in there, the Spirit of God inside unhinge the doors. It's got to have the thing in here to unlock it, yonder. That's right. So you're already judged just on what you think about Jesus Christ. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy faithfulness. We thank Thee, Father, as You said, no man can come to the Father except the Father draws him. We thank Thee that You drew us with Your Holy Spirit and Your love and You elected us to be sons and daughters of God. We thank Thee for that grace and mercy shown in our lives. We pray, Father, help us that we might manifest that which You've put in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. I'm so glad. <laughs>